Okay, everybody's got a fucking podcast. I mean, we have a podcast, so obviously anyone can do it. Wait, this is a podcast? Are you recording right now? Technical difficulties. No, you don't say anything. I'm going to edit it out. Technical difficulties. <laughs> okay. I put mayonnaise on a pickle. It was not uh, the best, but it might have been the worst. Do I see? I mean, my feet stink, right? Yeah. So, we did Ocean's Eleven. And uh, and then we did Ocean's Eleven. True. <laughs> we did, yeah, yeah, we had that camera mishap. And then, technically, we did Ocean's Eleven <laughs> because, you know, we did both Ocean's Elevens. Uh, the 1960 version and the 2001 version. So, that's the previous one. Uh, you can go back and hear that if you want. Uh, but we'll see how we do here. Maybe you will, uh, hate us and never want to watch something again or listen to something again. But Ocean's 12, better or worse than Ocean's 11, would you say? There were some small things in Ocean's 12 that I enjoyed more than the first one. But as an overall story, Ocean's 11 is better. I would agree with that. I would say... From just the standpoint of like, I mean, the first one wasn't in in any way. Oh, that's extremely plausible. Yeah. I mean, I suppose it was sort of. Yeah. Sort of they plausible. just got all this funding together to build a complete replica of the vault and videotape them doing a fake heist so they could play it across all the security cameras. Uh, while, in two weeks. Yeah. Um, totally feasible. No problem. Yeah. Uh, this one seemed even more unlikely to happen happen in two weeks. Yeah. But, um, well, they got it done. Somehow. Some way. I do like that we kept to the two weeks, like, just the minimum, you know, planning window available to them. In that grand scheme of things, they really only had, like, one week or five days or something for the main part of the plan. Right. Like, the a lot of time was spent in, ah, fuck, we all got caught. Uh... Let's go to Amsterdam, and then we're yeah. gonna. Well, we'll get into it, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. I get the thing that jumped out to me most is that they cheated. Yeah, but we'll get into that. We'll get into as it. well. So, bad summary. I had two bad summaries for this movie. The first, uh, man decides against removal of tattoo on genitalia. Genitalia. Classic. Let me read that again because I fucked up the word genitalia. I was going to say genitals and I said genitalia and it just messed the whole thing up. Man decides against removal of tattoo on genitalia. There you go. That lands. How did that genitalia land? I don't know. I wasn't there. Yikes. The other was characters from previous movie win friendly competition by way of cheating, which is actually a fantastic summary rather than a bad summary. That's but just an accurate summary. Yeah. Do you have one? Uh, it's okay. I, I don't know. I was I was stretching for it. was like local con artists get together for round two kind of thing. Okay. But Actually, terrific. It's again, yeah, yeah, just just the same thing. It's just a good one. Uh, box score. I don't remember exactly what I did. I know Ruben's cigars and Malloy Brother arguments were two of the ones I did on the last one. Yep, we had some explosions, um, too. We did... Do I think we just had the oh well explosion yeah. was a category yeah, yes yeah, yeah. um I did those 
three, and then we didn't really have any deaths. No. I didn't come up with any others, so I just have these three. The Reuben Cigars, ten. Motherfucker smoked like a chimney in this movie. Yeah. Um, explosions, uh, unless I'm missing something, I'm pretty sure it was just Rusty's car in the beginning of the movie when they're all getting tracked down. Yeah. So. Which was kind of lit, not going to lie. That was, yeah. That was lit. Uh, but, yeah, I don't remember anything else going through the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and the third, uh, the Malloy brother arguments, which they were pretty nice pretty to each other in this movie. Yeah. I only counted the one where they're outside the museum and, you know, uh, like it was used as a tool to say how they didn't catch that. That Yeah. Uh, what's his Francois was in the yeah night Fox, the black. Did the night. Yeah. Night Fox or black. Fox? It was night Fox. It was night Fox. Okay. All right. I watched it earlier. You know, I watched it before I gave it to you. So, anyway, um, I just like that he says there, I'll pay you a million dollars if you don't say a word for a month. That's funny. Yeah. I feel like that's an argument I would have, like, with one of my friends. <laughs> it's like, just, I need you to shut up now. I will give you money if you just shut up right now. Yeah. Uh, as far as the cool stuff, um, which you have no idea what I'm talking about if you've never listen to us before or anything like that but typically i do a thing or if i watch the commentary you know i can pick out some stuff that the director says or somebody um but it's the cool just stuff it's the stuff you wouldn't know unless you you dug a little bit for it or watched the special features did some google searches right um not a ton on this movie um so i'm not forcing it uh what stuff i did here is just kind of Layered into the commentary, so we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Um, first note on my commentary was just, like, certainly a very different start. Like, um, they even mentioned in the director commentary that they just, they really just didn't want to make the same movie two times. Yeah, because it would be so easy to fall into that same formulaic just you a know. casino overseas or something. Yeah, and yeah. then we assemble the gang for 30 minutes, and then we do the plan, and then we're a little nervous, and then everything's fine. Yeah. Even though he broke his hand, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. The bandage got caught there, and, but he didn't explode. It's a whole, th- you know. So, I don't know. Maybe I don't like this one as much because they kind of, they seem to start out on top, whereas I feel like the last one, you're kind of rooting for the underdog yeah in a way even though their friend ruben has all the money in the world and can finance any project so they don't really feel like the underdog either yeah so they feel like a little bit like they played themselves now they just gotta like you know get out of it right like you you're not thinking like oh no like these poor guys like they're just they're just got to do whatever they got to do to get by it's like okay what are they going to do to swindle them their way out of this kind of thing like you don't know that they or you know for a fact just with these types of characters like there's no genuine way for them to be like oh man like this will be tough to get out of they're just like nah man we're just gonna go steal some shit it'll be fine like there's no stakes almost involved or no real consequence because they're just like ah Fuck it, we'll steal some shit. Right. It's what we do. Yeah. We're not peasants. Yeah. We're not peasants here. Yeah. Um 
And then the kind of the role reversal as far as um, Rusty and, and Danny, because you know Danny's trying to get his girl. But like you find you find out both gigs in both of these movies, the ultimate goal really is just to get their girl back. Yeah. Um. So basically, we really just did a swap and a different storyline. And yeah. in this one, they cheat. And uh, yeah. I'm really just kind of hung up on the whole fact that they cheated. Yeah. That's not cool. Um, yeah. It takes away from a lot of the, you know, genuineness of, uh, you know, especially when you're like competing and it, we'll get into it again. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but it, you lose some of that like genuine, like there's actually a competition involved and there's real stakes if you've started off winning. Yeah. Um. Uh, would you, you have any notes of the beginning there? Uh, so just the, uh, you know, we I, I think it was like three years prior or something is, is like that Rome. timeline we got in yeah. Rome. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, getting a little bit of backstory on Rusty. Like, that's all cool and shit. He's got, you know, hot chick in the bed. And I was like, this is fantastic. I'm rooting for him. Um, and then when she starts talking about like, oh, yeah, we found some evidence about the whatever job, you know, the worn down heel. And he's looking at his shoes. And he's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, you know, goes in the bathroom or whatever. She's just going on. He's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Like, you know, yeah. just number one that he bothered to involve himself in a situation like that is I felt very in character. <laughs> number one, just that he would be, you know, Icarus flying way too close to the sun there, you know, trying to keep all all things balanced. But uh, so I, I, I like just that that intro sequence there. And then just the uh, yeah, no, I'm going to take a shower closes the door and then just fucking dips like immediately um i felt like that was just a really awesome kind of introduction to uh you know their relationship and uh just kind of our our second story here uh i I just thought that was pretty effective way to start off yeah and also the thing i the only thing i could think of which i guess shows my true colors is he just left your water on and jumped out the window yeah, I mean her water bill is gonna be, you know, because she's gonna sit there. She's gonna go back to bed. You know, she's gonna be like, oh, he's probably still showering, and then she's gonna go up. She's finally gonna get up and be like, where the fuck is he? And he's like, well, it's been two hours. My water's been running this whole time. Yeah, and I will say, I mean, uh, his failure point. He still left the shoes behind, yeah. so he made it even more obvious that it was him. Yeah, fool. Yeah. I was just more concerned with the water bill. Yeah, honestly. no. <laughs> um, what do you got next? Uh, the thing I had next was, uh, you know, we 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 see Danny and he's, uh, you know, doing the uh, I, I don't know, like the Suburbia loan thing. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this doesn't seem right. Yeah. <laughs> he's like applying for a loan. He's asking questions and stuff. And he's like, like how old is that for? Like oh, hundred years, but there's been uh, all kinds of state of the art updates to it. And he's like, oh yeah, I can I can break into that. Yeah, it's like I was inside one of those while it was being robbed once. And he's like, that is interesting. Like the dude on the other end of that desk has got to be like hitting his panic button. Like I I need I need a guy. Yeah, we are under attack. His fingers like just hovering above that button. Yeah, you know, it's like I'm gonna press it. Don't press so. it. So that part just kind of seemed like really funny because it's just like a uh, yeah I, I think it was kind of mentioned on the the phone call he had afterwards uh, where it's just like a like are you are you uh, 
what's 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 doing the word for? Yeah, you're doing our, recon yeah. on our our honeymoon Second, or whatever. Second, third anniversary. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like he just can't he can't get away from it. It's like just, it's just ingrained into him that he's just like I gotta steal shit. But like, I mean, there's a reason these work, even though like, I don't know, like Clooney's just so fucking smooth. Yeah. Like he's the most suave guy ever. Just the whole. There's deal a reason with, everybody's in love with him, and, right? And wants to bang him. Just so. the whole deal with him being on the phone, like, oh, I'm casing a jewelry store, and looks at her, and he's like, Yeah. <laughs> he's just, he's got maxed out charisma for sure. Oh just, yeah, it's, it's dynamite. Well, I mean, like one of the best shots. Well, there's the escalator scene in the last one, and then just that scene where uh, Rusty goes out to the bar and gets a drink when they're doing that celebrity little card game deal. And he comes back, and you know Danny's fresh out of jail, and he's just sitting there with the cards, and the you know just in the jacket, just looking suave as hell. Yeah, you know, I don't know, just a real cool shot. Clooney's, no, it is. Clooney's cool. cool as fuck. Anyway, I'm with you. Um, I have a toe for grace note. Okay. So anything you have before that? So I, I guess just prior to that is uh, when they uh, pull up outside of uh, is Tess is her name right? Yeah. Um, they pull up, you know, outside and Tess is on the phone and he I I, I didn't write down what the code word was, but it was uh, like uh, there's water water in the, in the basement, basement and the, the pilot, pilot lights, lights out. out. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, hang up the phone. <laughs> like he just yeah. yelled at her and it clicked immediately. Um, but like the oh shit of seeing him like pull up. Like, for some reason, just 100% landed on me. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, audibly <laughs> watching yeah. this. I was like, oh, shit. Like, it's going down. Um, so I, I thought that was uh, just really effective that, uh, you know, coming in pretty hot off of Ocean's Eleven uh, yeah. into this. I was just like, oh, my God. They're fucked. Everybody's fucked. <laughs> Run. Well, and, the, like, Terry went up, like, nine levels on the douchebag scale. Yeah. He's walking out with the fucking cane. Yeah. If you have a cane... And you don't need a cane. You're a douchebag. You're such a douche. Well, not to mention, like, he'd he waving it around in her face and everything. He, like, tapped it on her shoulder from behind a couple of times. And she was like, oh, get the yeah. fuck off get me. Get that phallic object off my shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very douchebaggery. Um, but, no, just just a little bit of the, like, the anxiety and terror. Like, I was like, oh, boy. Like, yeah. hearts start beating a little bit. It's a, like, it's a sweet start for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a good way to start it like, out. And, yeah, like you said, we just start off super strong on this and, and getting into it. But Yeah. Uh, I just had, so in 2004 on 70s show, I, I, I should have wrote down what season it was, but that was when Eric had, like, gone to Africa or whatever. So it kind of lines up if he's if Topher Grace's character's like I quit the show, yeah, you know, and he's having his little meltdown. It's like this Kabbalah crap doesn't even work. <laughs> you know, and it's, he's he's got that goofy shirt on. Your boyfriend wants me or whatever. Yeah, I thought just fun. having him in there in general was just hilarious because yeah, they maintain that relationship. Yeah, yeah. and it, well, it just didn't even click at like at the very first second. I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, oh my god, that's Topher Grace, yeah. bro. Yeah, that uh, that was fun. All reds. Yeah. Uh, I had a thing about a deleted scene with Linus, but it's after like everybody gets. So it's you know in that whole bit where everybody is getting found. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Um. So. Oh, do you have anything on that? Uh, just the so like once Rusty like got back in there and he was talking with Topher and everything, and then uh, he he gets the phone call. And then he, you know, is taking it and he's busting ass down the steps, like trying to get to his car and just yeah. the talking about like, you know, I, I could do something like, you know, blow up your 
one of your vehicles or whatever. You have 17 of them. Your as favorite your, of your 17 Yeah, your favorite vehicles. of your 17 yeah. as you're walking down in the morning or whatever. And then it just immediately exploded. He's like, you have 14 days. I was like, yes! Like, that is the most, like, in, in that type of movie, just to have, like, a straight-up, like, like evil villain almost. You know what I mean? That's exactly what it was. Like, he was no longer an antagonist. He like that moment he was like evil villain status. I was Just like deliver that. an ice cold line. Oh my god. And hang up. Why why does nobody do that anymore? Like it doesn't take a lot. You just have to have some one liners and just something with an impact. And it just makes you the hardest fucking person. Yeah. Man, it landed. It landed. So Linus is kind of a brief scene when he's found out in in the actual movie. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just sitting in the back of the limo. He's like, tell my parents. He's like, no. And then he starts saying something else. And Terry's like, get out of my car. He's like, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> like, um, they made Linus mm-hmm. way more of an awkward kid in this one, I feel like, then. They did. It was it was kind of vague that he was awkward in the previous. But, yeah, they were they definitely heavy like, handed. you're really, you're really a dweeb is what they did. Yeah, in this really. Um, well, there is a deleted scene. Like, there's so there's a couple, right? So the first one is... He's uh, he's doing, he's he's sitting on a bench, when Terry's guys gets him, get get him, Jesus, um, and so he's sitting there, he's like giving advice to these kids. No, I'm good, thanks. Uh, he's giving advice to like kids on the bench. Then the kid walks away, and then Terry's guys stand up, and he's like, okay, I'm ready. Um, but then the other one that's funnier is like Linus. <laughs> trying to be like Danny basically but th- it's all these kids mm-hmm. and I have no like I w- I'm desperate to know like what the fuck the heist would have been with all the kids you know but like the line is uh, <laughs> he's basically recreating that scene but with those children like the first scene where he's like you know you, you're welcome to eat and drink as much as you want and okay you know we'll part ways if you, you know if you're not interested right but his line is now if that doesn't sound like you're particular particular brand of snapple help yourselves to as many s'mores or fruit roll-ups as you like and have no hard feelings you can call your moms from inside the house the rest of you can come with me and then he turns around and the kids start following him and there's terry's goons right there and yeah that's where it cuts but yeah it would have been nice if there was like a crayon drawn plan or something I like in the middle of them yeah. like that just like some extra touch like that would have been uh pretty meant like i, I i'm totally okay with a spinoff series called linus's eight you know or just something you yeah know what I mean? that'd be cool well he did but. spend a, a million dollars in talent development so that <laughs> must have been what it was yeah. yeah he was just buying snacks for the kids or something maybe yeah gotta earn their uh their work somehow yeah the next note was uh when they all kind of met up after all being found out yep that's where i'm at okay um I just, it's two things. So I love how fixated they all are on the fact that it was called Ocean's Eleven. Like none of them can really get past it. They're all just like, I just I thought we were calling it, it the Benedict, Benedict job. job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was funny that just all of them had an issue with it. Yeah. And like that's like what the immediate concern was. Not that like they've all been had. Yeah. And like they got to figure something out. It's just <laughs> like a Ocean's Eleven. Really? Like that's that's what the name was like. Yeah. Not the fact that they all owe all the money that they spent. <laughs> Plus interest. <laughs> Plus interest. It's yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing about just Saul just throwing his hands up and being like, nah, I'm too old for this shit, Danny Glover style. Yeah. You know, just like, I don't know. It was kind of shitty. 
it, but also everyone let it happen. Yeah, no, it, it, and uh, like I, I thought it was fair. Like in my head, he's just like, like, because I, I think his line was like, "I want the last check I write to, to bounce. bounce." Yeah, and I was like, just like that's that's cool. Good line. That's a good line. Good line and walk out. Um, but I, I, I respected it, and yeah, obviously everyone else was just like, uh, "Now it's fine. We'll figure it out." I, I forget well, who it was. Asher. He's like, well, you're having a laugh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Having a fucking laugh. Yeah. yeah. But uh, one of the guys was like, now I'll, I'll get a share. It's fine. Like they Yeah, just, Ruben, the rich one. Yeah. Who probably could have paid everyone's share when it comes down to it. Yeah, but that's not, that's not shit. fair. Just how casual Ruben was about picking up the $19 million tab. I got it. It's fine. And again, like there really should be no sympathy or empathy for these guys. Do yeah. you see what I did there? I do. Okay. Do you see what I did there? Anyway. But um, at this point, though, I, I got to say, so like I so I, I hadn't seen Ocean's 12 before. Mm-hmm. So um, I was very at this stage thinking that they were heavy handing like Linus's like nervousness and like the feeling of inexperience too hard. And that somehow that he was double con in somebody here. Mm. So like I, I, just, I just felt like he like somehow had something else you know, like backdooring this, like where he just was planning ahead, especially because he had talked about how he'd spent like money doing like talent development and stuff like that. Like I just, sure. I was pretty confident, like some level of subplot would have been involved with Linus, like pulling one over on him. So he could be like, gotcha. Right. Or like him being kind of like coming in clutch at the end or something. Like I just, I thought something like that was going to be brought up just with how heavy handed they were with like his awkwardness and inexperience. Um, yeah. It just ended up being his mom, yeah. Which is like the dweebiest of the yeah of the dweeb it, stuff you can but do. Like it's so in character, and that's yeah. why it works. But like, yeah, yeah. Uh, my next thing is when they talk to I didn't write down his Matsui. name Matsui. Yeah, Matsui. So if you got anything for that or yeah, I just uh, it, it went back to like the code talk you know that we had from the first one there where they were using names as like the code for you know like a type of person for a job. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, I was like, yeah, we got code talk. And Linus is like, you had to have made that up, right? Yeah. Or whatever. I don't remember what the phrase was, but. Uh, but just that yeah. scene overall just worked out really nice because uh, Linus is Linus. So he's just nervous as all shit. And he just starts rambling off the thing, which I'm like, it had to have been like song lyrics or something. Like he couldn't have just made that up. It had to have been yeah. like a weird song that he just used the words for. And everyone was just like, oh, this fucking idiot. Yeah. And then the the waiting outside, and he's just like, uh, "What did I say? What what did I do?" He's like, "You you said something about yeah, his niece." I, I have the quote, yeah. Oh, Gary, you go, called go. his niece a whore, a cheap one. <laughs> She's seven, currently confined to bed with a wicked case of no. I don't don't <laughs> tell him. You're right. Sorry, I'm sorry. So yeah. Oh man, I thought that was the funniest shit though. I, I love Code Talk in general, and just that it was very deliberate to fuck with him. That was that, that was uh, my second favorite quote of the movie. Yeah, that uh, that just lands. Uh, a little bit on Robbie Coltrane, the guy who played whatever you said his name was. Matsui. Yeah, Matsui. Um, I did not realize up until this point uh, that that's the dude that played Hagrid in Harry Potter. Yeah, Lindsay called it out immediately. Oh, I didn't yeah. recognize it until she'd said it, so I uh, I did not yeah, that's, pick that up at all. She well, was like, oh, that's Hagrid. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, you see it as soon as they're like, yeah, as soon as you look it up. Yeah. I mean, at least, yeah, that's because I was just, in the, and then I was like, oh, yeah, look at fucking Hagrid. Um, and also, he was our guy, uh, Zakovsky from Goldeneye and the World is Not Enough, which 
are recorded but not out yet. Unless maybe they are. I don't know when you're watching this or viewing or listening to this. So you'll just have to find out. Check it out but, or just wait longer. Yeah. So anyway, um, I'm just surprised I didn't. Uh, I mean, I guess I just didn't have any reason because he was he was kind of like a small part in both of those, I think, in yeah. both those Bond movies. So I just hadn't happened to look up the guy. So, but yeah, that's our that's our guy. Hagrid and Zakowski. Yeah. And Matsui. So my uh, my next note is more of just talking about what our uh, our job is, like our first job. Yeah. So if you had anything you wanted to touch on prior to just what the job is. Uh, it is me being a cunt a little bit. Yigabadai. I told, I said I would stop saying cunt. If you're going to be a dick about it, that's the acronym. A Yigabadai. <laughs> it's stupid. Uh, the sheer amount of money spent for the things they do in this movie is insane. Obviously, it was high in the last movie. They built a vault. But just, I mean, like, why were these movies successful? It's a vibe. It's a good hang. Yeah. You know, you like all these extremely famous people. I want to hang out with them for two hours. That'll work. Let's hang out with them. Because you don't feel bad for the guys, you know, with their friend Ruben who could finance a goddamn war. You know, you you know, think about just a couple of the things. Specifically, this scene, this first job. Okay? Uh, just getting to Amsterdam, you figured... 10 tickets eventually you know other people arrive but like initially just the 10 Mm -hmm. you know and then you know they're staying in a hotel ordering room service and shit you know we're talking two weeks here equipment to lift up a fucking building i i can't imagine the underwater uh jack stands are cheap yeah you know well and not to mention the the crew that gets you out there because it's not like they just rolled out on a dinky or something like and that fucking boat yeah with all this shit running out i mean like what all the gear i mean like yen's gotta have gear down there it's a whole thing it's it's a whole it's a whole operation do you think you could get all that shit by tonight no so and yeah, Fuck. so like it, it 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 definitely does like break the illusion, and I guess they're used to it. You know, like in the first one, they're like, "Oh yeah, we just build a vault in like a couple of days or whatever, no big deal." Yeah, um, you know. So in this one, it's like it seems so odd, just the elaborate preparation that went into the small job because they they said it was like two point five million. Yeah, was like what this job was going to be worth to them, I or maybe you- it was two point five billion per bond. So maybe it was kind of smaller scale well because he was like two and a half million what wasn't it was it euros yeah maybe yeah it probably would have been and they were like two and a half each and he was like no and they're all like whoa god like what are we doing why are we wasting our time on two and a half but but again i'm I'm kind of blanking on it because i know he said it was like per bond but there may have only been one yeah i'm pretty sure the whole job was like two and a half yeah so then that's what I was saying. And I was like, it's such yeah. a low, like total, like it's such a low score in comparison to everything else we've done before for it to still take probably a lot of money in preparation. Just so much money. There had to be so much money and it all happened so quickly. Yeah. Like the expedition ridiculous. of it had to have been, you know, more than the cost of the actual thing. Yeah. Um, and they, they even talk about it. I mean, by the time that test gets involved in the whole thing, 
uh, a little bit later on. Um, he's like, yeah, we're we're in the hole like more than what we started with. Like we're fucked. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, but yeah, that and like. Fuck, what was the other thing I was going to say? I don't remember what I was going to say. Maybe we'll move on. Yeah. Um, I am glad that at least, like, for the job itself, like, we got a little bit of context on it. I totally thought we were just going to montage over it and go to the next thing. And that, like, we wouldn't see... Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Sure. I like that Ruben said Leaning Tower of Pizza. Anyway. Yeah, instead of pizza. Yeah. Yeah. It's and nice then, to have Rusty just bro- like blew by it. He's like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but it is small things you notice when you have the subtitles turned on for everything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, but, yeah, no, I, I do like that uh, we actually got to see, like, a little bit of detail of, like, the job happening. Because uh, I, I totally thought we were just going to blow past it and then get into um, LaHaye, Lahi, the girl. What was the last name? Oh, Isabel. Yeah. She had a last name. Probably. Yeah. Whatever. Um, whatever. So it was like, you know, like her like involvement and, you know, kind of showing up and stuff. Like I thought we were going to just like beeline past all of like the actual job itself. But we actually got to see like a little bit of the plan taking place. And yeah, um, I, well, I just was, find out a crucial plot point. Right? Yeah. Because uh, Francois, the Night Fox, Night Fox, um, it's a cool you know, name. he's just on their shit. From the beginning, he just wants to fuck with him. What an asshole! Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like <laughs> there's the whole. Uh, this is big. I mean, you want to talk about the cheating now? You just, sure. You just dive into. Yeah, okay. let's go into it. So, you know, they're all kind of butt hurt that Francois is fucking with him, mm. right? You know, Danny goes and meets him at his place, and he's like. What did we like, ever do to you a little bit? You know, it's like, yeah, kind of like, I think the quote was, I should have wrote it down, but I think the quote was that, um, he's like, you, you're, <laughs> you're fucking, with, I don't think he said fucking cause I don't know. Yeah. I don't think fucking comes out of Clooney's mouth. No. He's, he's like, smooth. you're messing with a lot of people's lives. And yeah. It was a lot of people's livelihoods, you know, just for to have fun, to prove a point or whatever the hell he said. Right. Um, and they keep talking about, you know, like no thief we know would break the first rule of being a thief, you know. But also, isn't there no honor amongst the thieves? Right? And so he breaks that rule. So it's like, are they justified in cheating? Because basically what we find out is that, you know, they basically go around Francois and they're like, Lamarck, what the fuck? who's supposedly like the greatest thief ever and turns out to be Isabel's father. Extremely convenient. <laughs> yeah, super. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's how the plan works out because then Russi is, you know, like that's Lamarck's plan is he's like, well, I want... There, there's many layers there's there could have so been. Many layers. Was Lamarck like, I'm going to shoot off at the mouth in front of Francois so that I can get Danny's guys to get me Isabel because I'm pretty sure Rusty and Isabel were fucking at one point. 
I keep tabs on my daughter. Was it that? I don't know. Or is it just that like Rusty and him like keep in touch and like that's why he's like kind of in the know and it's that's like I'm why fucking your daughter you want to talk to her? Or, you know, and and that could have been part and why like he does keep tabs on her so he can relay that information back to him. I mean, you'd have to read between a lot of lines to like draw a whole picture here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of like everyone has a separate plot that is magically relevant. And falls in line at the same time. Right. So, what Lamarck gets out of it is seeing his daughter again. Plus, I I mean, plus the egg, I guess, right? They essentially stole the egg for him. Yeah. Um, but they basically talk to Lamarck. Lamarck's like, you know, the egg's going to be on this train, you know, before it even arrives at the museum. So, you can just make, you can just let, you know, fucking yeah, fr- no. Francois. Or, yeah, yeah steal the fake egg and be satisfied with that um and so yeah so like they just they just picked it off of now granted is that being good thieves you know just being a better thief or is that cheating because essentially the goal was it's going to be in the museum who can steal it from the museum first yeah if we're whatever but that's the thing. It's like the the game was set around that parameters that it has to be stolen from the museum. That's right? what I thought. So like it, it in my head, it's kind of shite. Right, because Francois, I'm pretty sure Francois even said like, you know, it's gonna be at the museum. Yeah. Sorry, that's how I feel like French people talk. Uh, he said it's gonna hon, be. Hon yeah, it's gonna be at the museum. You know, at this time, this day. You know, so we'll steal. You know, whoever can steal it is the winner and I'll pay you the money. Yeah. So to me, it was just like, Oh, so you just cheated. Yeah. And I guess maybe part of that is the point is that like cheating and not getting caught is really the main thing. Right. So, so, you know, it's like, there have been honor amongst the thieves in that case, or were they just paying Francois back for fucking their shit up? Yeah, I don't know, cause like you know, from like Francois's perspective, I think just the fact that he loses in general, like, is probably just like the the ego blow. So he's like, whatever, like, fuck it, all this is stupid. Yeah, I'll come up with the new heist and call you guys back again, kind of thing. Maybe, right? Uh, you know, something like that. But uh, yeah, just I don't know. It seemed odd. It just the whole thing is there's supposed to be demand now again. As Soderbergh was saying in the commentary, they didn't just want to make the same movie twice. But I guess some of the uh, allure of the movie is like, oh, this is going to be a sweet plot based around, like, they're just going to be master thieves. And I suppose just going around the back and grabbing the shit before anyone got in there was kind of master thievish. Yeah. But I don't know. That's just how I felt. Like they cheated, and and it's a I lot were of work to back. maintain the cheat. Yes, you know what I mean. They were like, you have to just put on a show now for Francois. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's a lot, and like it's understandable, and obviously, like maybe that's that's part of the job and why there's there's kind of the novelty to it. But it's like to know, like, okay, we've won. Now everybody, pretend we haven't won yet. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, it, it seems like it's so, like, convenient, I guess, to just be like, oh, no, we, we won the whole time, but we, we tried real hard to fake win, too. Yeah, and then keeping up the we're losing 
thing is kind of goofy, right? Because, excuse me, if you think that, so Linus, Linus's mom pulls off that whole thing, and then they thought they were for sure in trouble. I guess Rusty and Danny are just keeping it to themselves that that they indeed cheated, that the job's done, and they just got to keep these guys thinking that it's time to time to time to roll because Linus sure as hell doesn't know but he had to have known because he's the one who swapped bags right right like he's not so he had to have known that like he swapped bags for a reason right so like I guess you're still I guess you still to put on a show I don't know it's a weird dynamic because you're under the impression that they're just like oh fuck we're fucked yeah but it, it just seems time. like really odd to have like like Linus having like a trump card of like ah get out of jail free card, um, when they had already won, right? Like why not just avoid getting caught the whole way around? Well, because Francois still has to think you're you're trying. But like it just it but. just seems so weird to have you know kind of like that that grand trump card to you know get away, and right. then it just not really mattering because like the the game had already been won we're not playing a game at that point we're just like filling in the blanks we're just passing the time until francois knows that he lost yeah but i mean he did have him under heavy surveillance right i mean you know he's sitting there practicing practicing his dance moves shirtless at his house yeah and you know he's got the monitor up with all their which all their shit i have to say like from a you know uh Slightly a, you know, maybe like a spy thief perspective there. Sure. But like, all he really did was climb a roof and flip around for a couple minutes. Like, that's that's his grand thievery. He's one of the best. Yeah. And all he did was was watch some video cameras, uh, called Danny at 11 p.m. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and do some dance maneuvers. Yeah, and like he's master thief. The bar but, to entry seems mildly low. I mean, you are right there. But I mean, could any of them have danced around all the no. lasers? George probably could have. No, he's not much of a dancer. I don't think. He's, not like he, that. He'd have a side shuffle or well, something. Well, sure. You know I mean, but like I don't he'd, think he'd can, skirt around the dance floor. I don't think he could side shuffle through all that. You know, he'd figure it out. He'd be so smooth. The lasers would just. <laughs> obscure off, off of him <laughs> and then yeah they just like shut off and then turn back on on the other side of him yeah yeah that'll work no i mean That's i don't know armor right there yeah i know right i guess uh, the real degree of difficulty with the with that uh as far as the night fox goes right is the first job right because they were like how are we gonna get in they raised the building and then they shoot their crossbow in there and then get in there and realize that Francois already did the shit. So how did Francois do it? Right. And that is probably what is the more impressive yeah. thing. Unless he just like scaled the building. You know, I don't yeah. know. He or suction cupped himself to the ceiling. <laughs> right. But it's also se- it also seems like it's a fixed job, right? Because of uh Mitsui. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, we'll give you this. And then, because that's how they even figure out Francois is involved. And uh, so maybe, 
You think Matsui had? You think Night Fox maybe had like the in with the homeowner, you know? And so then he just left the. I mean, in this exact moment, now that you said all that aloud, a little bit. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, that does kind of fall in line a bit, but. No honor amongst the thieves. Yeah. yeah. I, don't know. I mean, you got to think, in in some way, shape, or form, all their ability to do a job effectively has been relying on other people outside of the team doing something for them. It's so like being able to get them all the equipment to build the vault and stuff in the first one. Uh, and then, you know, in, in the second one, uh, you know, Matsui kind of giving them a little bit of an in there. We get the uh, the dude whose name I was, who did the hologram technology. I don't remember his name. Nagel. Nagel. Um, just, just, just be Nigel. Yeah. If your name Nagel, I'm sorry. But, you know, stuff like that. It's like the, the plan hindered around somebody's fulfillment of a function. That was outside of our core group. Um, so I have to imagine that's just maybe par for the course. And then also for Francois that, you know, his ability to do jobs efficiently is also very hindered on, you know, an information channel or, yeah. you know, some other person who's able to provide either a form of function for him to do what he needs to do. And and maybe that's that's just the move. That's what the pro thieves do. And that's why it makes sense in 1961 why he was calling up all those people because everybody knew somebody who knew somebody because everyone was mildly involved every time something went down. Full yeah. circle. It's all coming together. Full circle. Um, all right, so I got a couple just rolling through here. Um, when Isabel's in traffic on the phone talking to her boss and the guy on the Vespa pulls up and kind of looks in the window. Right. Mm -hmm. And then he just drives off. Now, it doesn't seem like that guy's path really is impeded. Now, this is going somewhere. This isn't just me being a dick. Okay. Sure. Um, because I'm wondering truly who this guy was. Yeah. Because he kind of looks in. And I mean, like, it could be some French pervy guy, you know, because those exist. Mm -hmm. You know, you ever met Pepe, Pepe Le Pew, right? But, um,. Really, it just seemed like, okay, do they just need, do they just have a cinematic need to be filled here because he drives up and then the, you know, the sign for the egg is there. Yeah. And so, like, huh? And, like, that idea had to be planted. Right. In the brain. Where was Rusty at the time? Maybe he, he was in disguise and rode up and was, like, trying to guide her towards that direction. Maybe he was long con in it. I don't remember where he was, honestly. Well, I have a separate thing for Rusty that doesn't have to do with this. Okay. But that is a thought. My thought was, I mean, the guy kind of, like, I rewound it a couple times, and I searched on, like, Reddit and, like, just the internet in yeah, general. Yeah, see if that any kind of fan theory or anything. Could not find any fan, like, the search was just like, Ocean's 12! And I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm I looking know. for a more specific thing here. It, I couldn't. Maybe I'm a bad Googler, Reddit or whatever. But no one seemed to have any theories. It was just like, oh, yeah, I like Ocean's 12. I'm like, yeah, great. My thought was that, it was the Night Fox that maybe he was just kind of like checking up on Isabel because, again, he's got taps on the whole thing. Yeah. So he knows everything that's going on. I mean, shit, maybe he was throwing something on the car that would let him listen into the phone call, you know? Like, it, it could have been that. anything like that. Yeah. Or was it just a guy on a Vespa and they just needed that cinematic need and he happened to be like, oh, it's a pretty girl in this car. Pretty, you know? pretty girl. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'd, I'd, I'd like it in my head much better that it had some relevance, like that that, that it was a person relevant to the plot. That it was Francois. Yeah. Because he almost looked a little like Francois. He was very petite. Yeah. Well, you know, he'd, I feel like right. Francois is fit, but he's still very small. Yeah. Anyway, I like Ian jumping on the bed with a sugar high and the fact they just threw him in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he does best. He folds, he flips, he flops. And, you know, he does do all his own folding, that guy. Yeah. So, like, we did look that up. The previous one they were talking about, he can fold himself into a trash can. So that was great. But he doesn't speak any English, had an interpreter on site the whole time, the whole thing. I like that his life was just like he was, he just he just wanted out of control. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, if, yeah. if if you got nothing... You know, like, if you don't really care what you're doing and you just all of a sudden have money, I mean... Yeah. I can't imagine that I, too, wouldn't also just be like, I'm going to just party for the next, like, 18 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's just... Let's get wild. But... Yeah. I don't blame him. I would have maybe hired a cleaning lady, though, because just the <laughs> clutter itself would have been excessive. Yeah. Like, he had to buy more kitchen tables to have beer on, which doesn't seem... Like the move. It's a day in the life. I guess. Uh, Jerry Weintraub, the producer of these movies, he was just the guy on the boat that was talking to Lamarck and oh. Francois. He was the guy at the table with Lyman Zerga. Okay. Saul. You know, Lyman Zerga is the quotes. Saul is the guy Um, in the first movie. Okay. So. Anyway. Fun facts. Uh. Okay, so here's the rusty thing I had. Okay. So, I couldn't help feeling like the tiramisu at the cafe being different because they did something to the eggs. Comment from Rusty to Isabel. Had to be some sort of tip-off. Now, I don't think she got it. They don't show, like, a moment of clarity with her. Mm -hmm. With him saying that. But I was like, ah, that's something. Yeah. Yeah, that was my rusty thing. I feel it. Um, but I, I'm with you. It seemed like it would have been pretty like sensible just for the plot structure in general if he was kind of leaving like those hints and clues. Because even going back to the beginning, like him leaving his shoes behind is also kind of that same like leaving hints and clues. Yeah. So like it it, it felt like it would have just followed in pace if he was kind of breadcrumbing her to all this. Yeah. Or at least had something else was you know maybe going on just to keep your eyes open. Yeah. I mean, my next thing is, I mean, I'm already like pretty much up to the heist here. Sure. Um, you, you got it? No, I mean, you're good. Oh, okay. I feel like we've... Oh, okay. What? Did you like just... No, was that's... Was I talking too much? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> you're good. Like we, we covered kind of a lot of the thoughts I had towards kind of like that, oh, okay, that middle yeah. end of the section there, so... Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Uh... I love the entire interaction between Danny and Rusty when Danny gets the premature wake-up call. Uh, baller move by Francois on that one. Yeah. Uh, five espressos seems excessive, but not really an espresso guy. Yeah. And not – so, I mean, a small comment in that is just like the – you know, if you wake up and you're planning stuff, like have not having multiple forms of knowing what time it is or maybe like looking outside, you fucking idiot – um, you know, stuff like that just seemed like you know, a little like Danny should have known better. But I can also imagine, you know, a little bit of the the game day jitters of you get that wake up call and you're like, oh shit, oh fuck, all right, 
uh, you start making coffee or whatever, doing your shower and stuff, drinking. You walk outside and you're like, this isn't right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something feels off. I don't know what, but. I mean, you could tell. I mean, you could tell me anything like first thing in the morning, you know? Yeah. Granted, there's the whole smartphone thing now, so it's kind of like. Yeah. It does lose a little bit. You're of lying. Bits. Yeah. Excuse me. But, uh. Yeah. But I mean, like, well, yeah, what's the implication of when he went to bed that that's like, you know? Yeah, I mean, y- there is a certain feeling when you wake up like two hours after you went to bed and you're like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about this. Yeah. The clock's wrong, all of them. The sun, too. Turn it down. Yeah. Uh, so then they're sitting there just watching TV because Rusty's like, yeah, come in, come in. Yeah, they just start drinking. Yeah, start drinking wine. And I just love how, you know, they're just so, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, Rusty holds the glass over there. He just completely misses the wine pour. Uh, And, like, Rusty's over there just, like, kind of laying all his troubles out there. Yeah. And then Danny's like, I think the guy's name on the show was, like, Potsy. He's like, guy doing Potsy's amazing. (laughs) It's like, guy's, like, pouring his heart out to you over here. And you're just like... I'm like, oh, this guy's great. We we've all had friends like that, you know, where you've had a few drinks, you start sob storying over to one of them, and he just like couldn't be fucked all to care about you. Yeah. It's like I'm pouring my heart out to you, man. He's like, yeah. Anyways, I heard the song the other day, and it was it was sick. You'd probably like it. <laughs> uh, and apparently, Rusty has a dick tattoo. That's the message I got from that interaction. Sure. You don't have a dick tattoo. We all got them when we turned eighteen. Did you miss out on that? Uh yeah, I did. I see. That's awkward. Yeah. Should have called me, man. Yeah. Um my my favorite conversation full of quotes is not my favorite quote. But everybody goes to jail and they start pitching all the ideas, you know, to still steal the egg in the absence of everybody else, right? Sure. And so uh Linus Basher and Turk are all like, you know, okay. Uh let's go through the plans again. Swinging priest, not enough people. Crazy Larry, not enough people. Soft shoulder, not enough people. Baker's dozen, no woman, and not enough people. Hell in a handbasket, we can't train a cat that quickly, and not enough people. So I was just thinking, like, real quick, we want to try to guess what (laughs) any of these plans would consist of. Yeah, I, honestly, like, I, I was even trying to think about it, too. I was like, I wonder if, like, uh, you know, because at least we had, like, you know, these, uh, we were talking about, like, you know, actors in the first one. We were doing, like, our Code Talk stuff. So I was thinking maybe this one was, like, something along the lines of, like, maybe, like, some old mil- movies or films or stuff where they had, like, you know, weird plot names or something like that. Sure. I was like, I wonder if this has any, like, you know, meaningful thing that they're kind of jesting at. But then I remembered that in the first one they all made it up anyway. So there probably wasn't much context to what the plan names were um as far as some of those names like i i couldn't even tell you if, i'm sure you've got ideas so i thought of a couple i didn't write right. them down i was just gonna kind of kind of go for it go free form here you know let you bounce some shit uh you know back to me as well but yeah. um i will say uh, we'll just do the two that you know they kind of gave hints with um because like the only thing i can think of is swinging priest uh, is like maybe a priest that just, you know, fucks, <laughs> you know, and so like he walks in with a gal, but then maybe for whatever reason there's another gal, 
and then maybe he's talking to like museum staff and like he's like look we're in a very precarious situation here like you know my girlfriend's right here my other girlfriend's over there do you think you could escort me through the middle across the oh i see yeah like i don't know just something like that something where the priest you know who can kind of use his goodwill to suede people yeah they're like oh he's a priest he's uh, there's no no harm this man can do other than he's fucking these two women yeah which seems off weird red flag priest yeah Yeah. uh that or they just like push a priest off a ledge or something into (laughs) a you know something that swings him i don't know i was thinking maybe like you know going from the chandelier kind of thing okay yeah push him off a ledge to a chandelier and then everybody's like oh my god look at that swinging priest yeah and then somebody just grabs the egg yeah I like that. Or, or better yet, so you know it's a priest, right? So like it's it's you know you get the religious thing on it there. The swinging is just like an invisible wire. So he starts levitating. He's the swinging priest, and that's the distraction. As you have a levitating man. Okay. And then that's that's uh, yeah, that's your move. Maybe floating priest would be a better name for that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We're still working through it. <laughs> uh, not. Not sure why there wouldn't be enough people on that version. That You're version, right. it seems like it could be one guy. Sure. Well, two guys, technically, with the guy playing the priest and the guy stealing the egg. I don't know. Uh, not sure. Crazy Larry, I don't know. Maybe just some crazy guy that, like, goes in there and just, like, holds the place up or something. And Yeah. Like, while everybody's looking over here. I, you know, I mean, you know, you know how people are. You know, if you have a guy who appears to be mentally disabled, it's going to, for no reason, just get everybody's attention and people are going to start getting nervous. So, yeah, it could be a distraction element. But again, doesn't really make sense that we don't have enough people for one guy acting kind of crazy. Unless it's like the, oh, Larry, or, you know, maybe it's like the, uh, uh, like the staff of like whatever asylum he's escaped out of or, oh, you know, yeah. mental hospital. Yeah, so it's like we have to have enough garbage people to, you know get him under control and then the dude stealing it yeah there's crazy larry <laughs> yeah uh soft shoulder i'm not even gonna try i don't you don't want to try baker's dozen unless you got something off the top of your head yeah i'm thinking with the one with the cat you know maybe he's just got like a like a shoulder bag or something and the cat just you know knocks the pedestal Gets the egg to fall in the in the uh, bag or something, you know, something like that. But yeah, I I couldn't tell you any of these. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. We'll just move on. Then. We're bad thieves. A, we uh we yeah. wouldn't do the best. Uh. Okay. So then, truly, my favorite quote of the movie is they get Tess up to her her like the hotel room. Uh, you know, the joke is like she kind of looks like Julia Roberts. You know, ha ha, she is Julia Roberts. Yeah, I thought that was very like lowbrow. Yeah, well, so so they uh um they had kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier. I think Rusty was like, "You ever notice how Tess kind?" I, I think it was, too or was Rusty. Yeah, Linus yeah. Rusty. He was like, "You ever notice how Tess kind of looks?" And then he just cuts him off. He's like, "Nope, don't ever ask that." Yeah, don't ever say. Yeah. So I, like, I like. I can't the, say why, but don't ever ask that. And Linus is like, "Ooh, yeah." <laughs> and you just thought it was because Rusty was being an asshole or something, but. Yeah. It's like, oh no, plot relevance. I love, I love the that same scene. Linus is like, can I ask you something? And, he, and then like, he starts into it, and he's like, he's, <laughs> I don't know, he just gives him shit about like, yeah, it's like if this is a rhetorical, course it's a rhetorical yeah. question, then you know, then that's fine. Then just the go answer on. is yes. And then he's like, can I ask you something? Yes. <laughs> just, I don't know. It's just a funny interaction. I should have wrote down the quotes on that one, but, but my favorite quote. They get all up there. 
And then, you know, Tess is like, I can't do this. This is ridiculous. This is wrong. Like, morally? <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. And then, you know, um, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's Basher who's like, this this could be the difference of, you know, whether or not your husband's going to be doing 25 to life. <laughs> and Dirk jumps in and he's like, he will not be doing 25 to life. Benedict will have him killed immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> he's like, I'm sorry, I don't know why I said that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like the read the room, buddy. This is not the time for shit like that. <laughs> oh no, that's good. And then you know, finally, you know, Saul comes in, clutch, you know, sorta. I mean, they get arrested anyway. Yeah, but. I I just like the when we have Saul back at home, and he's just like the very unhappy. He's like, this isn't right. I'm not happy. I should be on a heist right now. Yeah, this sucks. Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of nervous too, right? Yeah. Kind of well, yeah, it's because like, ah. he he's, he wants to know. Right. He's yeah. like, oh, I wonder how it's going. I wonder how everybody's doing. Like, you know, obviously no one would have been hitting him up. So. Right. He's like, I gotta, I gotta be involved. I gotta know. They did kind of allude to in the commentary that um, they couldn't have him the whole time over in Amsterdam, so it was kind of like a. You know, just that part of the plot was kind of just based on the fact that, like, they literally just didn't have the availability for him to be in the whole thing. Yeah. So that's why that he's kind of like, I'm out, boys. Well, I got to say, too, uh, uh, Frank, uh, he also didn't have a lot of screen time on They it. did say that uh, he was also shooting something, and they tried to do as much as they could with the time they had him, uh, but then he also got sick during the time they had him. So, like the time when he was in the bathroom in that, that one meeting scene, like he was actually, like actually in, in there. the bathroom, like he was sick. So, yeah. So that, yeah, those two kind of, cause yeah, Frank is awesome. Bernie yeah. Mac rest in peace for sure. Yeah. But. And, and just to, I guess, throw it in here now better than ever or later, I guess. Um, but, uh, just the like inner character interaction, this one, I felt like we're like pretty smooth, even though we were kind of down two people for, you know, good sections of it. Yeah. Um, but I kind of enjoyed the, like, everyone's interactions with each other. Felt like they did a little bit more, like, fleshing out of, like, that dialogue and everyone kind of, like, joking and shitting on each other in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like, but in, you know, kind of respect to their character. Yeah. Um, I thought they did a better job of that than in the first one. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. Because it was probably easier, too, right? Because we already sort of have an idea of who these guys yeah. are. So you can really kind of expand on on these guys and groundwork's already been done yeah yeah you don't have to go and this is the malloy brother yeah know? so you just you just go right into just yeah i agree uh then my note is they cheated which we've already been over bastards uh and then my last thing is just i think the scene in the end is dumb you know they gave all their money back to benedict i suppose reuben could have financed this party but like yeah i'm not sure what we're really celebrating other than you know I mean, I guess the fact that you're no longer have that you no longer have a bounty on your head yeah. that is probably nice. Not a bounty. You don't have a target on your back any longer. Yeah, that's probably nice. What What but. kind of bugs me about just like the general conclusion is that like for Benedict, it was very personal. Yeah, and then just to have the money back made it not personal. Yeah, he wasn't really down any of the money because he got it all back from insurance. So it's like it seems like the the general scope here of like what Benedict wanted was to destroy Danny Ocean still um and get his money back. 
and all he did was get some other guy's money. Like, he didn't get his money back. He got some other guy's money, and, like, Danny Ocean and all of his friends are still fine. So, like, I it just... Guess, I mean, they still had to, like... I mean, do you think Lamarck just, like, footed the whole bill, and, like, everybody, like, kept what they had earned in the previous one? Or do you think they all, like, contributed their shit, and then they got you know the money from francois i can't imagine i don't know it, it, it could have been maybe a combo of the two because like i can't imagine any of those guys are like not well off after this movie you know what i mean i can't if they gave all their money back yeah then they're exactly not well off. <laughs> they're they're not off they're on what but, but and maybe that's where like lamarck was going to come in and and you know maybe fund some of that stuff so these guys still had like a living to come off of like it just one it doesn't seem like that's how all of this would end is that everybody has nothing or maybe it was that francois was just going to cover the whole bill of what they stole from last time right maybe that yeah because i mean he got the whole check right so i mean right so maybe it was just like francois was like yeah i'll pay the whole thing i mean because they didn't i mean they didn't like go over numbers yeah you know so i mean my understanding was that they all like kind of pooled what they had and then had to get the remainder yeah so maybe francois just fucking booted the whole thing and everyone just had whatever they had gambled 160 million dollars and lost it 196 or yeah whatever it was yeah I don't know. Yeah. But no, but even in that, it just, again, seems kind of odd, especially when Francois didn't, like, genuinely lose because he got cheated. It's like, just, just... I feel like if I was him, I'd throw a much bigger fit about that. It's like, well, that wasn't the... You know? Yeah. It's, it's no, you cheated. Yeah. You, like, I, 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 I would be on Francois' side with the slam in your hands on the yeah. table. You cheated! You didn't play fair! Right. I mean, now, granted, they didn't, like, I mean, it's kind of on him, too, because, you know, if you don't lay the groundwork of, like, the specific rules, like, he found a loophole, right? Yeah. You guys didn't go, well, you can't intercept it on the train, but he, I mean, he kind of, I don't know. They cheated. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. No, I'm I'm with Francois. I feel like he set the parameters and the 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 theft was supposed to occur within the museum. That's what how I felt. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Fuck those guys. Yeah. But I just thought the whole last scene was cheesy there. When they all get together, they have their little party. And like, okay. yeah. um, what would have been better if it was back at uh, the casino? Like at Benedict's that casino? That would be funny. And then somehow they're like stealing money out of the back of the slot machine or something. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, but one thing that uh, Soderbergh said in that commentary about the way they shot that last party scene is that um, he didn't really script that. The only thing he really directed was just saying like, like okay now you guys now you go in now you go in mm-hmm. just controlled the order in which people entered um and so and then even the like credits shot credit shots that everything was displayed over you know just the empty glasses and shit like that that was the actual like aftermath of the party after he had them all party yeah. and he just shot the remnants of everything so he literally just had them all yeah have a little get together and yeah. No, I mean that's it, so. that that's a great way to do that kind of scene, you know, especially when you have like your it's if they've gotten a lot of like I guess on and off screen time together and everyone yeah. kinda has like that uh you know, that friendship, you know. Everybody has a good chemistry, I would imagine, at this point. Yeah. Plus they're all like I mean almost all, I mean, I think Yen's the only one that's not like a notorious actor, right? I mean 
Yeah, so they've all probably Julie spent some Roberts, time with each other. George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Don Cheadle, Scott Kahn, uh, whichever Affleck brother that is. I guess I don't really know the dude that played. Not granted, I can't remember his fucking character's name, but the tech, tech kid. Yeah, the little nerd guy, right? Why can't I remember his goddamn name? But anyway, because he had like thing. three minutes yeah. of screen time max. Yeah, he he didn't really say a lot. His whole bit about like being a comedian in a in a, in a bullfighter's uniform or what, for whatever reason that was yeah. kind of funny. But yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's all I got, man. Uh, Fun and worth a watch, but yeah, worth a watch. Definitely, uh, some problems, but uh. That's what makes it fun. Right? Yeah. It didn't like, I just, that's again, what, that's why we can do this. That's right? why we can do this. Yeah. But I will say, uh, the first one just had the biggest, like more worthwhile twist to it, I guess at the end than this one did mm-hmm. the, the twist of everyone cheated or not everyone cheated, but our guys cheated and then they magically win. Doesn't land as well as a, ha, we played you, you idiot. Ha. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll leave it at that. So, uh, thanks for listening and stuff. Watching. Hit us on our YouTube. Uh, yell at us on the Twitter or at our email at consecrisishotlineyahoo.com. Um, Instagram. Listen to us. Spotify, Apple. All that stuff. So, thanks for watching or listening. And see you later.